So we have been in Exodus. Um, we're, we're, we talked communion last week. We're doing baptisms this week. I'm like, we got to talk about this, right? So um, I love baptism. I, I know I briefly talked about baptism just a few weeks ago, but uh, it, baptism is, is really exciting. There's nothing magical at all about baptism. I know you look at this beauty and think, come on, that's magical. <laughs> I do wish we had something cooler, but apparently as far as inflatable pools go, this is top-notch. Um, but it, it's just ordinary water, right? There's nothing special about this water. It, we, it comes in via hose, right? It's not like awesome, amazing water. Um, w- what is awesome is, is a, a person publicly declaring that they have put their hope in Jesus to forgive them from their sins. So we, we baptize... Um, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. We baptized because Jesus told us to go make disciples. He told his followers to do that in Matthew 28, uh, 18 through 20. Go make disciples. And he says that part of that is, is baptizing. So it, it says uh, this in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So Jesus, he commanded his people to make disciples and said that part of disciple-making is, is baptizing. Uh, we call baptism an, an, an ordinance. Jesus ordained it. He told us to do it. Um, and Jesus himself was, was baptized out of obedience to the Father. It's recorded in all four Gospels. And maybe you know this, maybe you don't. Um, in the four Gospels, there, there are some things that Jesus did that are, that are in all four of them. And there are other things that, that appear in one Gospel, or two Gospels, or three. This is, this is one of the things that, that's in all four Gospels that, that Jesus was baptizing. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll look briefly at Matthew 3. But John, John the Baptist, he'd been baptizing. And people uh, from all over the region, it says, were coming to be baptized by John. God was doing something in hearts, and people were recognizing that they're, they needed God. Um, they knew they weren't right with God. God was, was stirring in their hearts. And I wonder, is, is God stirring in your heart? Do you know? Do you know that, that you need Jesus? And are you going to respond if he is stirring? Like, are you going to respond to Jesus in faith? John's baptism was a, a baptism of uh, repentance. And apparently people were recognizing they were sinners. They needed God. They, they, they left God. They're in open rebellion to God, and, and they needed him. So Jesus shows up in Matthew 3, and, and he wants to be baptized by John. This is what it says. I think this will be on the screen. It says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. And John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And then he consented. So, so John looks at Jesus and he says, wait, you want me to baptize you? I need to be baptized by you. But Jesus responds, no, this is what, this is what God has laid out, and we're, we're going to fulfill this today. So, so even Jesus was baptized, but it wasn't, it wasn't repentance, all right? Jesus had nothing to repent of. Jesus was, was sinless. But he was being obedient to the Father. And the early church continued to baptize. After people believed, after people repented, they, they responded in faith. 
by, by baptizing. Um, there are tons of examples in Acts, but, but if we go to Acts chapter 2, um, Peter is preaching a ton of people that, that day um, get saved. And this is uh, verses 37 and 38. And this, so they just heard Peter's sermon. Um, and it says, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? We have heard this good news. We've heard, that, that we've heard the bad news, that, that we are dead in our sins, and we've heard the good news, that, that there's a way through Christ, through his death, to be saved. And this is what Peter says in verse 38. He says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So, so they say, how do we respond? He says, Repent, turn from your sin, Turn from your ways of, of trying to make it through this life. Turn from, from you trying to save yourself. Maybe this is trying to do good things, right? as if our good things could pile up enough to outweigh our bad. But Scripture is really clear that that's a dead end. That does nothing for us. We can't do enough good to cover up our sin. That's what that picture is about over there. That's Don May, if you didn't know. He's dragging trash, right? And these sins, they can't be removed, by our good deeds. So, so Peter says, repent and, and be baptized. Once we repent, um, we, we demonstrate our faith in Jesus by, by being baptized. So baptism is for people that believe in Christ. So we, we don't baptize infants here because um, an infant can't, can't tell us that, no, I, I'm following Jesus. They can't make a profession of faith. And I know that there, there are churches that do that. Um, but as we look at Scripture, we, we, don't, we just don't think that that's the way that we're supposed to do it. This is for people who have responded to the good news of the gospel. Um, and even with, even with kids that want to get baptized, and we, we have, uh, I think, a fifth grader who's getting baptiz- baptized next weekend. That's right. We have so many people that want to get baptized. We're doing it two weeks in a row. Super exciting, right? Um, hey, and if you, after today, want to get baptized, let us know right away. We would love, we'd love to baptize you next week. Um, anyway, so even with kids, when, when they want to get baptized, we, uh, we just really want to make sure that they understand the gospel. Right? And they, they, they've, they, they've turned to Jesus, and it's not just that their parents know Christ or a grandparent or someone like that, but, but that they themselves have made this decision to follow Christ. Um, baptism is symbolic. It, it does not save you, and I would hate for anyone to think that, that baptism saves. Uh, Romans 6 Three through five. Um, I read this, I think, just a couple weeks ago. It says, Do you not know that all of us who've been baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him, and in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Amen. So the, the, the symbolism here is, is probably pretty obvious. Um, but, but when the person goes down in the water, it represents their, their death. Um, death with Christ. Right? That, that we die with Christ. We're dying to our sin. We're dying to our old life. We're dying to the, the sinful nature and Christ died in order to pay that price. He was, he was an atoning sacrifice. He took our place 
so that, so that we could be forgiven from sin. And, 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 and we're buried with Christ in baptism. We go down into the grave with Jesus. I heard this week about a church that has a, a baptismal, which I think when you have a pool like this, you don't call it a baptismal, we just call it a pool. But, but a church that has like a built-in baptismal, that's what they call it. And, and this church, their baptismal was made to look like a coffin, right? Which is pretty creepy. Um, we will not do that ever. Uh, however, I get what they were doing. They want it to be really, really clear that, that when you're baptized, it, this represents your death and burial with Christ, that you are united with him in that. We don't, we don't just get life, right, by coming to know Christ. We do get life, but, but man, we die. We die to our old self. We die to sin. Pre-Jesus, Greg should be dead. Uh, er, Pre-Jesus, Greg was dead, and, and now in Christ, I should be dead to my sin, which doesn't mean that, that the Christian does not struggle with sin. As long as we live this life, we'll still be battling, uh, we'll still be battling sin, but, but the Holy Spirit is making us more and more like Jesus and empowering us to follow him and, and live for him. So as a person goes into the water, it's a picture of being buried in the grave with Christ. The, the old nature, the, the, the person that was in open rebellion, to God is buried with Christ. And then as they come up out of the water, it's a picture of, of resurrection. As Christ was resurrected, we're united with Christ in his resurrection, um, in this newness of life that we are to walk in. And it's all because he willingly sacrificed himself for us. So life starts for the Christian when they place their faith in Jesus' death and resurrection to forgive them for sin. And before, uh, before knowing Jesus, Paul makes it really clear that your master is sin. Right? That's your owner. You're, you're owned by sin. And, and then when we come to Christ, our new master, instead of giving us life, he gives us death. Because Jesus owns us. So baptism symbolizes our unity with Christ. Like it, it doesn't unite us. right? Our faith is what unites us. Um, but it symbolizes that, that we are united with Christ. Galatians 3:26 and 27 says for in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So so we've been saved by grace through faith and baptism represents that that unity with him. We're now one with Jesus. We we follow Christ. Not like we follow a news story or follow someone on Twitter. We're actually united with Christ. And, and baptism very clearly symbolizes that and represents that. And every time I think of baptism, I think of a wedding ring. Um, so my wedding ring is not what makes me married. Right? Like I could, I could put it in my pocket. I'm still married, even though my ring is not on my finger. Um, actually, I have a friend who's a carpenter, um, which sounds like I'm about to make a cheesy joke about Jesus. I'm not. Um, <laughs> I have, a, I have a friend who works as a carpenter currently, uh, and he doesn't wear a ring because it's just it's not safe for him. He, he could hurt his finger with the tools he's, he's using. So he doesn't wear his ring, but he's still totally married. What, what makes me married is, is when I stood with my wife in front of our friends and family and our pastor, and we, we made vows, right? Our pastor said that, that 
we're married now, right? We signed the license. We have the little certificate. That, like, that's what make us, makes us married, not, not this ring. This is just a symbol. And, and similarly, so baptism is not what unites us. It's not what saves us. Faith, faith does that, but, but it symbolizes that. And, and, and people today are, are making a, a declaration of that, that they've decided to follow Christ, that they've placed their faith in him and him alone to, to save them so that they can walk in newness of life. So we have four people doing that today. Four people that have decided um, that they're going to trust what the gospel says. The, the, the God, the creator of everything, he created and it was, it was good. Right? He created male and female in his image. And as they were in that garden, there, there was one thing, one tree that they were not supposed to eat of. Right? So that it, would, it would bring death. And they got to choose. And they chose, they chose to disobey. Right? They, they chose to make themselves Lord instead of let God be Lord. And so that, that brought sin into the world and the curse with it. And it, it marred all of creation. So through Adam, through his choice, sin enters all of us. No one escapes the wake of destruction that sin brings. And, and sin has left us totally dead, right, without hope. I think a lot of times when, um, when we think about Jesus saving us, if there was to be a picture, the, the picture is something like um, maybe you're in a, in a house that's burning and, and you're, you're hopeless, um, and, and then Jesus comes in and, and saves you. But that picture's not accurate because you're actually still alive. And the, the picture of Scripture is that you're, you're dead. Our sin has left us dead. There's no hope, right? In, in the burning house illustration, in theory, I could jump out a window or something, right? Because I'm still alive. But really, Scripture describes that it's like we're in the morgue. There's no pulse. Our body's cold. We have no hope. And that's when Jesus comes. Jesus comes, and he's our only hope. So our disobedient scripture says that we deserve judgment. We, we don't like to hear that, right? Even as a Christian, like, I don't, I don't like to hear that, that my sin means I deserve judgment. The Bible says that our sin deserves wrath. Right, the wrath of God. And I, I don't know how many times you've been in a courtroom. I think, I was trying to count through today. Not like the list is super long. But I think I've been there four times. Twice was to testify, thank you. Um, uh, the other two times there was a, a, a parking violation and then a uh, violation for moving a little bit faster than I was supposed to. Um, so every time I've been in front of a judge, I'm terrified. Uh, I'm not the bravest guy. I'm not claiming that at all. But man, it, it is a scary thing to stand before a judge and, and know that legally he has power over you. How much more frightening to stand in front of the judge, the one that can actually shell out what our sins deserve. I mean, we, we need God not to judge us, but to forgive us. That's our, that's our need. So the terrible news is, is that we stand totally condemned, right? The Bible says the wages of sin is death. And that's such an interesting way to phrase it. 
the wages of sin, right? The paycheck I deserve for my sin is death. But the good news is that Jesus came. Fully God, fully man, he came, lived the sinless life that we were all supposed to live, right? Totally righteous. And he died for anyone that would receive him, for anyone that would believe in his name. He lived, he lived a life that, that none of us could attain, and yet it's, it's the standard that God has called us all to. He's, he was on that cross next to two criminals that they reaped what, what they had sown. Jesus willingly stepped in and took on the wrath of God so that anyone who would call on his name in faith would be saved. Trusting that his death was sufficient to pay for the sins. So the cross, God's, God's justice and mercy meet. It is an amazing thing. And he was buried. On the third day he rose and, and, and he defeated death. So I remind you of what, what they asked Peter in Acts 2. How should we respond? Well, we respond by repenting from our sin and turning to faith in God. Faith in the death and resurrection of, of Jesus. In Luke 13, 3, this won't be on your screen. Uh, it, it says, uh, Jesus said, And you will perish too unless you repent of your sins and turn to God. Romans 3.22 says, The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. Right? Salvation is available for anyone who would believe and turn to God. Romans 10.9, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You'll be saved to walk in newness of life right now. Not just someday in heaven, but, but now. Although there is a day right, when Jesus will gather his people and there'll be no more tears, no more pain. You, you won't get a phone call that someone's in the hospital and they might not make it. No one will betray you again. You won't wrong anyone again. Jesus is going to come and, and make all things right. And today we, we're celebrating with our, with our three brothers and one sister that want to get baptized today. They want to say, I'm in. I'm, I'm following Jesus. I believe in him. I believe that he died to save me from my sin. So in a moment, we're, we're going to bring the kids in, the elementary school kids. Um, they're gonna, parents are going to sit by you somehow, even though we've got a full house. Um, and, uh, and that's because we, we want them to, to get to experience this. We want them to get to see, to hear, to celebrate what God has done in, in the lives of these four people. Um, so before, before we, we immerse them, we dunk them, um, they're going to share their testimony briefly. Um, they're going to share what, what God has, has done in them. And um, we've asked them to stay away from the gory details. Um, but parents, just know, you know your kids. You know uh, what's good for them to hear. Um, so you do what you want there. Um, but we're going to have them share so, so that we uh, can be encouraged, so that we can celebrate um, what God has done. Uh, so all four will share, and, and then we'll baptize them. Let me, uh, let me pray, and then we'll get the kiddos in here. God, I, I thank you. Thank you for the reality of the gospel. Lord, it's been just good for me to sit in the gospel and, and just think and pray about it all week and, and recognize the parts of the gospel that, that are just hard for me to swallow that I want to make easier for other people, and yet that helps no one, Jesus. Jesus, I thank you that at the right time you came and you died for us 
so that we could respond to you in faith, that we could repent from our sin and trust in you, Jesus. And I pray not only for our four friends that are getting baptized, but for all of us, Lord. Would you stir in our hearts, God? Would you make us more and more like you, Jesus? If there's anyone here that hasn't trusted you yet, God, would you help them? Would you give them the faith to trust in you, to respond to you, Lord, by repenting and placing their faith in you, Jesus? It's in your name we pray. Amen.